This is Beer and Hymns, the podcast, where we look at the stories and people behind the hymns we know and love. We consider what they mean to us today, and of course, we sing. This is Episode 6, How Great Thou Art. Welcome back, everybody. Yes. Episode six of the Beer and Hymns podcast. How great thou art. How great thou art, indeed. It's a good one. Uh, I am Mike Tetralt. I am Brian Russell. And we're here to talk to you today about the great hymn, How Great Thou Art. Probably written by Fanny, huh? It was not written by Fanny Crosby. I know. This has got to be a Fanny song. Last week, we really set the expectation with that 8,000 hymn mark, but nope, nope. Okay. This uh, is a story in two tracks, so we're going to follow with us here. Okay. Track one, we're going to talk about the original version, which was Swedish, and oh. kind of the, the true to the original uh, version track. Okay. And then track two, we're going to shift to after that, is the- Chris uh, Tomlin track. Basically. The, okay. the Americanization, oh, commercialization um, that we know and love today. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna which start is what with- we just sang? That's what we just sang. Americanized. Right. If, okay. Now, if, if you... Uh, well, Are we doing the Swedish version today, too? Um, No, we can't, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, although, uh, our, a former, uh, our, our interim pastor at our church, Corey Johnsrud, uh-huh. uh, his wife, Gretchen Johnsrud, knows the Swedish version. What? We sang in church one time, and she was like, hey, can we sing this in Swedish, or do you want me to sing? And I was like, what? You're like, that's going to be a solo. That is a totally a solo, <laughs> but it sounds so cool. We um, Our church might be able to pull off a Spanish chorus maybe maybe once or twice i think we that's, do that. that's about the we extent of our um foreign immersion we, of hymns we love ikea but we're not going to be able to pull off the no, swedish hymns no. yeah so it was originally a swedish poem uh, how great thou art was by carl boberg written in 1885 in that sweet spot as you yep. mentioned right yeah. there in the 1800s yeah. nice it originally had nine verses um and the original title was Oh, story good ah story yeah. good <laughs> yes it's uh oh great god i think Mighty God. I think Mighty God. Oh, Mighty God. That yeah. sounds better. Yeah. yeah. So the inspiration for the poem, uh, Bo Berg and some of his friends were walking home after an afternoon worship service. Okay. And Bo Berg wrote, uh, this is what he wrote about it, is his words. It was that time of year when everything seemed to be in its richest coloring. The birds were singing in trees and everywhere. It was very warm. 
A thunderstorm appeared on the horizon, and soon there was thunder and lightning, and we had to hurry to shelter. But the storm was soon over, and the clear sky appeared. When I came home, I opened my window toward the sea. There had been a funeral, and the bells were playing, and that evening I wrote the song Ostorigud. Wow. Yeah, so like... I, I just always picture Scandinavia getting a little bit of snow or nothing. I, I've never pictured thunderstorms. Like, I felt like you had to have planes right. to get thunderstorms. It's, thund- it's, it's, it's a warm summer day. He goes to worship service, and so, like, he has the, the beauty of summer, but also the, the fearsomeness of the storm, and all of this together just, like, creates this, wow, like, God is in charge of all this. This is amazing. Yeah. Boom, nine verses. I feel like I've had that experience before. Oh, yeah. I didn't write a hymn about it, but (laughs) like... We're such failures. I know, I know. (laughs) But like being out in nature at times where you're just like overwhelmed and you're like, whoa, like Mm -hmm. where I'm at right now on this planet is amazing and... For sure. Wow. It is incredible. And it's been said, uh, the song is kind of like a paraphrase of Psalm 8, um, that's the one about how majestic is your name in all the earth, mm-hmm. got details about creation and, and what is mankind that you're mindful of them, all this stuff of being wrapped up in God's story. Um, and so originally it was a poem. It was put to a Swedish folk song by an individual that is lost to history. We don't hmm. know. Yeah. It was just a Swedish folk tune that someone paired it up. Interesting. And that's how it got the tune. I feel like we'll see that in future episodes of melodies that are just folk melodies. Right. The people know. You have these awesome words. We need music ready to go. Boom. Yeah. All right. Let's just sing it to happy birthday. <laughs> Why not? Jesus, you are so great. And then you just go uh-huh. with it. Yeah. 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 Um, so this song was used in the underground church in Sweden in the late 1800s as uh, the mission friends were being persecuted in Sweden for worshiping outside of state church authority. Interesting. Yeah. What was the state church at that time? So it was just the, the Swedish state church. Um, they were more Lutheran leaning and like... I learned about this in a covenant history class because okay. the denomination that I'm a part of um, traces its beginning to these mission friends, uh-huh. friends who are on a mission uh, for Jesus. Um, and so the state church in Sweden was like clamping down, like if you want to worship or do anything, it has to be under the state church's uh, control or auspices. Like we want to watch to make sure you're not right. doing or saying anything wrong. And the goal, which I totally get, is we want to make sure that people aren't being heretical or watering down the gospel or whatever. Mm-hmm. But what it turns into over time is more of a power struggle. Yeah. You know, like we just want to be in charge and right. have our, uh, you know, have our fingers in all the pies and make mm-hmm. sure it's all, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and money. Right. And also the problem is if you're born into membership of a church, like boom, you're born, great, you're a member of the church. Like you have a lot of people who end up not really being into it, right? but they're associated. Right. And so by that, like you water down the gospel in some ways. Right. When you have Just people. by the people. Right, because yeah. they're not really yeah. wanting to follow. There's something to be said for exploring and discovering God on your own. Exactly. And that's what the mission friends were more about. Like we want it to be a choice that people make right. to come into the church. And Which is a hard dichotomy as a parent of like, do you force your kids to Sunday school every Sunday or do do you give them space and then let them discover it on their own? Right. Like, ugh. Like, like, what is that line? You want to give them some exposure, right? But mm-hmm. you don't want to, I mean, if you've tried to force your kid to do anything, <laughs> they're going to push back against you, whether it's God-related or other. Yeah. I mean. And sometimes the harder you push, the, the harder, harder push they push back. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So this underground church used this song in their worship. So it was kind of, in some ways, uh, counter, countercultural, mm. um, dangerous, maybe, Mm. Um, don't use it. Um, Later, Boberg would sell the rights to the song to the Mission Covenant Church of Sweden, 
which is these I think the the Swedish old timey wing. Of okay. Our the nomination. So it's like he got his official sanctioning at that point. Well, like you guys can sing this now. It's okay because we've approved it. <laughs> you've got well, you've sent it to the bureaucracy. It's an approved song now. Well, the Mission Covenant Church of Sweden isn't the state church. I think, oh, I think over okay. time, the state church, I think, got more relaxed. Over mm-hmm. Like, they chilled out. But for a while, it was a crime to attend a non-state church wow. worship service. So it was intense. Um, so anyway, the Covenant Songbook in 1891 had the hymn, but it was in 3-4 time. Just a few years later, in 1894, a 4-4 time was published. Oh. That's what we sing today, uh-huh. the 4-4, counting in fours. Um, now, the first translation came... I prefer 4-4. Me too. I yeah, mean, I feel like that'd be hard to do. I can like get into the rhythm. Yeah, like, trying to do three out of four, it's just no, it's, not as good. It's a tough like waltzy yeah. feel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in 1907, the first translation uh, appeared. It was into German because a wealthy German guy heard the Swedish hymn in Estonia. So this is just get confusing. Northern Europe here. Yep. So there was a Swedish population, immigrant population in Estonia. Okay. And they would sing the song, like, because it was exported from Sweden. Mm -hmm. And this German nobleman was like, this is nice. I like the song. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it in German. Mm -hmm. So that's the German version we get from the Swedish. Okay. Wie groß bist du? How great are you? Okay. All right. Okay. Now, the second translation, five years later, was to Russian. The title there was Veliki Bog, Great God. And that was made from the German translation of the Swedish original. Oh boy, this is getting complicated. It's getting complicated. Now the first English translation, um, we'll come back to the translations later, um, was just a trans, uh, basically a literal translation of the original Swedish. It was written in 1925 by E. Gustav Johnson. He was a professor at North Park College in Chicago. Huh. Yeah. I know somebody that went there. Really? Yeah. Me? You? I went, I took some classes there. Yeah. 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 yeah good times. That's, that's, that's what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> It's a cool place. Um, he translated verses 1, 2, 7, 8, and 9, and that was published into the Covenant Hymnal in the U.S. Okay. as O Mighty God. Um, and uh, that version is actually in my hymnal over here as well. Okay, all right. Yeah. So uh, the first three editions of the Covenant Hymnal had Johnson's translation. So um, here, now, I've got some of the information about the going across the Carpathian Mountains into Russia. Uh-huh. Then it says Dr. J. Edwin Orr heard it being sung by... Naga tribes people in Assam in India and decided to bring it back to America. That is in, that's track two of the song. That's the uh, commercialization that we know. Okay, okay. We're so, st- yeah, we're still like in this version with the Covenant Hymnal in 1973. Oh, they, okay. They, they wanted to make the switch from the Swedish version transliteration into the newer popular translation by Stuart K. Hine, which okay. is the version we're singing. Okay, okay. But okay. according to the Hymnal Commission, who was making that decision back in the 70s, they said, quote, we were unable to pay the exorbitant price requested by the publishing house that owned the copyright to the Stuart K. Hine version. Interesting. Despite the fact that the original belonged to the covenant. One source said the permission fee to put it in the United Methodist Hymnal was $2,000, among the highest they paid to put it in their hymnal huh. of all their hymns. Which you think $2,000 big whoop but when you're putting four or five hundred songs that can add up yeah it it's adds a million up. dollar hymnal it's really expensive so mm-hmm. uh, eventually in the 1996 version the blue hymnal that i'm that i'm using uh, today the Stuart hine version finally replaced johnson's version because johnson's language felt outdated would you like to hear some of johnson's language this is the yeah yeah definitely. yes it was uh oh mighty god when i behold the wonder of nature's beauty wrought by words of thine wrought wrought i know no one's using that and how thou leadest all from realms up yonder sustaining earthly life with love benign and so like it's love benign huh love benign yes sounds boring (laughs) yes and (laughs) 
and the, the refrain is, With rapture filled my soul, thy name would laud, Almighty God, Almighty Ooh, God. Laud right. and God, yeah, they're, nice. They're, yeah, it's no, that's, tricky. A, that's a good rhyme. Yeah, that's a good so, rhyme. So a lot of the verses are similar to that, mm-hmm. where they're just not, apparently not snappy, yeah. like the Stuart K. Hine yeah. version. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so now we're going to track two. Okay. So that's that's how the that was all track one. Yeah, and it hit a dead end. Sorry, Brian. There's a lot to this story. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> this is this is. Uh, I feel like I need a map in front of me with like you know when you're tracing the routes that Paul right. took on his missionary missions. Need one of those with the arrows going around the map. <laughs> Flowchart. Yeah, is what we need. Flowchart. Yeah, or Indiana Jones kind of thing <laughs> where the, the the airplane is moving across the map. The transparency thing uh-huh. going on. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah, so that was track one. Got Swedish, translated from Swedish to German, from German to Russian, and then on separate, you got the, the Swedish to English version as well. Uh-huh. But that kind of hit a dead end because it was... And, and how did it hit a dead end exactly? Um, just be, that, that was the Johnson version we just sang about where uh-huh. it, was, it was too arcane. The, okay. the, the lyrics felt outdated. Plus, this track two version we're about to discover uh-huh. was just way more popular. Okay. It just caught fire. Everyone knew it. Right. Um, on the Billboard Top 100. Basically. And okay. I'll tell you whose fault it was. Billy Graham. Oh, Billy. Yeah, he, knows Billy. How to, he knows how to make it popular. So um, the version we sang is from Stuart uh, K. Hine. He's a British missionary who served in the Carpathian Mountains in the Soviet Union in the early 30s. Um, and Hine heard, get this, he heard the Russian translation uh-huh. of the German translation uh-huh. of the original Swedish poem. Uh-huh. Okay. And he created his own English paraphrase of the Russian translation of the German translation of the Swedish original. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he used them in his work evangelizing the people, um, and he created English verses as events inspired him. Okay. All right, so like verse three, um, which goes, and when I think that God, his son, not sparing, there's a lot of stuff about being saved by Jesus and how awesome that is, right? Mm -hmm. So he would go to new towns and he'd inquire, where are the Christians? Uh, So I can meet them and talk to them. In one particular town, he was directed to a house where the owner was reading about Jesus' crucifixion from the Gospel of John. Now the house was full of guests who were listening and repenting, and it was an out loud process. So they're just like saying all the stuff they're feeling about Mm -hmm. their conversion. They're so glad. Um, And Hines stayed outside and just listened so as not to interrupt what was going on inside. He felt it was the work of the Holy Spirit. So he just stayed outside and wrote down some of the things that he heard the Ukrainian repenters saying. Wow. And he just put that into, and he made that into the English verse. So the in verse three, what we're hearing, those are translated from Ukrainian people who are... So it's more of reporting rather than creating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's reporting their words. Uh-huh. I'm sure, you know, adjusting here and there to make it more poetic, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and then verse four, uh, he wrote that after World War II. Um, there are two kind of fun facts about the origins there. First, he was ministering to the displaced Polish community in Britain, following World War II. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of language in verse four about going home and the joy that will bring. Mm. Um, he also met a refugee who had been separated from his wife. Um, the wife was Christian. The man was not. The man had found Christ during that separation period from the war. Uh, and he didn't think he would see his wife again on earth, so he looked forward to the promise of that eternal reunification in heaven. And that's a big theme in verse four. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, the events that he lived through created a lot of the, these new lyrics. Now, there are two other optional verses that are not included in any versions that Hein wrote. Um, do you want to hear one of them? Yeah. All right, good times. Uh, when burdens press and seem beyond endurance, bow down with grief, to him I lift my face. And then in love, he brings me sweet assurance. My child for thee, sufficient is my grace. And, yeah, so there's stuff about, you know, that kind of being down 
down low mm. um, that we have dropped from the versions. So why do you think we dropped those? Probably because they maybe they just didn't fit huh. the the bill for what we were going for. Like it, it would just bring people down. Yeah, and to keep it kind of keep focused, it focused on the greatness. Yeah, I think maybe is what it is. Um, now, why is Heinz version? So famous. Mm -hmm. That's the big question. Yeah. Um, he put his version into a gospel magazine that was circulated among refugees from World War II. Okay. And so it went through 15 different countries in both hemispheres, gained popularities in different locations. Other British missionaries began picking up on it through that and spreading it to British former colonies, including in Africa and India. Mm -hmm. Then what you mentioned earlier, Dr. J. Edwin Orr, um, he was from Fuller Theological Seminary in the U.S. He heard the song in India while doing missionary work. And he's like, Wow this is a cool song. I like this. Um, and so he brought it back to the U.S., publishing Heinz version with Gospel Light Press in 1954. Wow. So you've got, let me just track this for what you. What an international journey this song has <laughs> it's taken. It's been around the world. We got it originally in Sweden, translated German from that, translated to Russian from that, translated back to English from that, which got exported to India, picked up there, brought back to the U.S., and published uh, under Gospel Light Press. Then, but you know what I like so far? What's that? Boberg still gets the original credit. He does. Yeah. Yeah, he's still in there. He made the original idea, um, so that's awesome. Now, Dr. Orr used that song at a college-age conference back in the 50s. Two of the attending students took the sheet music back to their father. Who is their father, you might ask? It was, what do you think? This is like the answer Jesus in Sunday school trivia. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Billy Graham. It wasn't. It was Vernon Spencer. No! But But Vernon Spencer owned Mana Music in okay. Burbank, California. Uh -huh. Spencer was like, I love this song. He purchased the rights to the song from Hein. Mana Music then changed some of the lyrics, um, like from, it was Mighty Thunder before, and he changed it to Rolling Thunder. It oh, was more poetic, yeah. I guess. Uh, the Mana Music version, um, he was like, we got to push this thing. We're going to, it's, it's got to make some money. Yeah. So then he pushed it and got it to George Beverly Shea, who did Crusades with Billy Graham. <sighs> and that's is. where Billy Graham comes in. Billy Graham heard it and was like, I love this. It became a mainstay of his Crusades in the 1950s. He said of it, the reason I like How Great Thou Art is because it glorifies God. It turns Christians' eyes toward God rather than upon themselves. I use it as often as possible because it is such a God-honoring song. Um, as of today, there have been over 1,700 documented recordings of the song, such as renditions by Tammy Wynette, Charlie Daniels, Elvis Presley, Tennessee Ernie Ford, Burl Ives, Alan Jackson, Dolly Parton, Roy Rogers, Carrie Underwood, Mahalia Jackson, Amy Grant, Pentatonix, Jennifer Hudson, even John Mayer. Mm. It's been reported to be the favorite gospel song of three U.S. presidents. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I can almost hear them singing it, We Are the World style. Yeah, just and everybody all the together. Voices across and then, time. Well, and then, you know, each each one of them taking a lyric in their own little yeah. popular music twangy style. You could totally do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, you could. So that's why uh, the, the the version that we sing is different from the Swedish. Um, it's, it, it was definitely a mainstay of the Crusades. Yes. Of yes. Graham's Crusades. Yes. That is amazing. All right. Well, I'm, I, that story was long. I get that. Mm -hmm. But there's just so much. That's a lot. Behind that, that yeah. hymn. It's amazing. Uh, are you ready to sing this, Brian? Let's do it. Let's do it. When through the woods and forest glades I wander and hear the birds sing sweetly in the trees. When I look Mountain grandeur and here. 
God, again, we just come to you and are just in awe of how great you are. You are the one, the only, the king, the the provider of everything. Every good thing that comes to us comes from you. And we just praise you today. We thank you for these hymns that you've given us to sing back to you. Um, we just thank you for the life you've given us and uh, pray that those that don't know you might have an opportunity to learn more about you and... Uh, Come to find you and, and meet you. Pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.